It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Oh, welcome back, everybody. Ears Up Podcast, live from Oakley, California. Very hot. It's basically the surface of the sun around here in Oakley. Um, But you know what? That's fine because we don't have a pool. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that know. is correct. We do not. Yeah, we're obsessing over getting a pool, everybody. And I don't know. That's one of those things. And if you're in the chat, uh, thanks for joining us. Sorry about the bad link, but, you know, that was Jeremy's fault. Um, let me know if you have a pool and if it's worth it. <laughs> that's today's chat thought of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also playing around with uh, sound effects again. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I was hoping. You told me that earlier. I was like, awesome. Yeah. So, oops, that was a bad fade out. Sorry about that. But anyways, um, so I made I made one for Jeremy, and <clears throat> because specifically Jeremy does like to uh, give us good knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I feel like we <clears throat> actually hold on. I I need to like repair my voice um, structure. Um, um, I feel like uh, we we just need to give Jeremy a little bit more uh, uh, credit for such knowledge that he imparts upon us. He does. Yeah. Where would you be without me? Um, I don't know. Probably still in Oakley. Oh, but so here's so whenever so here's my thought. It's like it's like that movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Only everything's the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So it's it's a life. Yeah. yeah. Well, Je- well, well, Jeremy, I don't. I just don't know what to say. That's my uh, French Stewart. Who's that guy's name? Jimmy. Fa- uh, <laughs> Jimmy. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> oh, he hates Jimmy Fallon so much. Jimmy yeah. Fallon's the Jimmy, worst. James Stewart. NBC goes Josh lead. Gad. Jimmy Fallon, um, everybody on The Good Wife, and and then um, maybe some of you guys. What mm. a random thing! In my, in my rank of like things to hate. No, um, my Jimmy. <laughs> anyway, Good Wife. So I don't know. Yeah, man. I thought you liked that show. It's fun though, man. It was uh, terrible. Bunch of first of all, never mind. This is not the secret show. <laughs> What's my sound? <laughs> Here's your sound. This yeah. is, I'm playing around with it. So let me know if you got if if this is a, like a, something that you like. Okay, hold on. Here it comes. Ready? So whenever Jeremy drops a nugget of knowledge, oh, good knowledge oh. alert. When did you do this? I, I live here. I that so much. So I, I don't know if you think that That's it'll be too distracting for you, Jeremy, but... Uh, good knowledge alert. <laughs> I'm really proud wow. of this. It sounds like Abby made it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she did, man. I'm outsourcing. They say brevity is the soul of wit, and that goes on a little long. <laughs> it's... um. <laughs> It's <laughs> literally 10 seconds. That's when you should have played it because he just dropped some knowledge. I think I, I don't, you know. <laughs> no, you don't. I think it has to be a really good nugget to merit that sound. Well, right? I mean, I, I would imagine everything that you do is yeah, a don't, good nugget. I mean. Don't sell yourself short, Jeremy. Oh, well, it's all good. Your nuggets there's like are a great. good, better, best happening. Oh, mm. well. Um, yeah, look, man, I don't know. Hierarchy of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, let me know if, let me know if that's too distracting for everybody. Uh, But I think that might be, that might be the new, uh, the new, the new sound I play. I like it. All right. That's good, man. That's good. Well, on today's show, everybody, we are talking about the music 
of possibly the greatest ride uh, that Disneyland has ever created is Space Mountain. From uh, Spectro Radio, Jeremy here is here, of course. And Jeremy, you recently um, you had a, a dollhouse or something you were playing with, or what were you doing online with uh, the, your projector? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a dollhouse. That sounded wrong. <laughs> I mean, it it's it is definitely. I can see why you might go there because I have a doll. So yeah, naturally you, you would assume that that would be her house, uh, but she's a little too big for that. Um, she's grown up. No, I have a model of Cinderella Castle. Okay. And I decided to buy a projector because they do the projection shows. You know, when you go watch fireworks now, it can't just be fireworks. It's got to be fireworks plus a whole projection on the castle and they right. do all sorts of neat stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, if I project the whole thing on the wall and put the castle in front of it. It'll proje- it'll hit the castle and look like the castle projection effects. Yeah. And boy, does it. <laughs> Were you so proud of yourself? I was, I was very proud of myself. Of course. I actually, well, we- I didn't, I didn't do it tonight. I oh. was like watching, I was no. too busy watching real housewives, but at la- the last two nights I've been doing it. Um, I have a bigger, I have two bigger ones coming in. So like I have a Disneyland Paris one so I can do those shows and I have a bigger Cinderella cast one. So I look at you, big bigger. nerd. Yeah. Just, uh, it, it, weird. It, it does look good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. And I think we talked about this on a show a month or so ago. I think we brought this up. I forget who mentioned it, but we're like, you need to be doing this. Yeah. You're well, like, I have a model. I'm like, yes, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's well, do this. I love it. I think it, it's it's excellent quality. I watched it on Instagram Live mm-hmm. last night with Alice. <laughs> Alice loved it. Oh, my God. Are, are there – I know they, they do, like, park models of everything else. If there, if there was a park model for um, uh, Tom Sawyer's Island, you could do Phantasmic. Actually, oh. you probably couldn't do Phantasmic. Oh my. Fantastic. There's a lot of props. There's not really any projections in that, though. Yeah. Right. It's mostly live action. Yeah, but I mean, you just you're projecting the stuff around it. But I guess that's not really that's not really the same. Right. What I was thinking is, uh, a friend of mine was telling me, like, why don't you get a ball to put there and project the images that were on the Earth globe in the middle of illuminations? Oh yeah. But then I would have to have like a fishing pole that pulled the ball across halfway through the <laughs> Please do that. Now. You could Jeremy, do it. this is like these okay, <laughs> there are people who are going viral or whatever for like uh, quote for unquote less. recreating the haunted mansion in their house. It was just like someone in a laundry basket trying to get out and then people go, Oh my god, we have a million views because of this recreation, but you're actually doing it. I think you could do that, slap our name on there, and then um, <laughs> and then uh you could do it. What, projection I, by Bev? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Ideas by, by Jason and an Ears Up podcast. Execution yeah. by some guy in Jersey. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, before we get to the show, we're all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, maybe. Um, any feedback goes to Taryn at EarsUp-Podcast.com. Actually, I will say, uh, shouts out to Maddie. She has been uh, really uh, destroying our Instagram game as of late. She's posting a lot of cool stuff, a lot of hist- you know, um, uh, anniversaries of rides and stuff like that. So if you're not following us yet on Instagram because we, weren't, we were not only just really posting dumb photos of me and like show reminders, we're doing a lot more now. So check that out. Uh, show suggestions or guest uh, suggestions goes to Terrence at earsup You can say hi. 
to Bev and anything. Sorry, hi. <laughs> right. Anything else? It's just it's much different, but also funnier because you're not here. Anything else comes to me. Uh, whatever I did, um, I've sent out a couple more emails for guests. Um, I did uh, contact uh, Dave Matthews's uh, PR person because he wrote a child a children's book that's published by Disney, and I'm like, well, look, dude, we're not getting any like we're not getting Danny Elfman or The Rock, so. Let's just branch out a little bit, and uh, I, I haven't feel, heard back from anybody. I feel like you're lowering him on the on the on the scale of people we should talk to, when really he's very high up there. Um, he's high up there, but you know, I mean, he's not the Rock. Did you ever uh, hear back from the Rock's no. people? No, or or the gal who did the Moana voice, or Danny Elfman. <laughs> I haven't heard back from anybody. Dear the Rock. <laughs> My name's Jason. <laughs> yeah, my last name is Petros, which means rock in Greek. Isn't that funny? Ha ha ha. Does it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, do we have feedback, Taryn? No. Okay, that's cool. You guys, write to me. Write something. Tell us things. Write in. Do that's you right. like the Quarantiki room? What should we do? You want us to play a game? <laughs> Tell us. What should we do? <laughs> what should we do? What do you want us to talk about? Um, one thing we'll talk about. I'd like about- you to have the rock on the show. Thanks. <laughs> And if you don't, by next episode, I'm canceling my hundred dollar a month Patreon. Yeah. Um, one thing I will talk about uh, in Disney news, which is very brief, is that things are starting to reopen. Uh, there's schedules for parks and stuff like that. Um, but our friend from Conti Ears uh, actually sent me a whole a whole thing that I haven't really um, I haven't really read it yet. So I'll just save it off for later. But if you're planning on going back to the parks, I think they're opening sometime in July, potentially. At least Disney World is. Uh, go to Concierge. Concierge.com. Ask them all the questions about travel planning. If you're itching to go back to the park, but you're unsure about a timeline or how that's going to work or whatever, they're going to know and they will help you out. So check them out. They've been uh, sponsoring this show through this whole lockdown. They've been really, really great to us. Eric is now the third chair over on the Supreme Resort. So uh, we have a little bit of inside information. Eric feeds me a little bit of this is what's happening in the travel game. So these people are well connected. They, they know what's going on and they're going to help you get to the parks safely and securely, uh, you will be having to wear a mask, and that's okay to do. Everything's fine, everybody. <laughs> it's the, the 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 least the least effort that you can put into being kind to your neighbors. Um, all of our shirts are up on Etsy.com slash shop slash cove ears, but um the printing for the shirts is is delayed twenty to twenty eight business days. So that's like a month. It's pretty ridiculous. It's like, crazy, honestly. But whatever. it's crazy. But you know, it, it comes. They either get printed from L.A. or North Carolina, oddly enough. And they're, they're trying to keep their employees safe. I get that. That's totally fine. Um, it's sort of hard to find that information. Um, you know, it is what it is. So um, if you've ordered from Etsy, you should have an email from me already explaining kind of what's going on. Um, I understand if you want to cancel, some of you are, some of you aren't. I totally get it. I appreciate that. Either way, you're thinking about us for gifts, and and, and that's really cool. So um, if you're ordering from us, uh, thank you very much. You're helping us for sure, uh, but you're not going to get your shirt for like a month and a half. So sorry about that. Well, it's not like you have anywhere to wear it. So. That's true. Well, and honestly, you know what? If you're ordering like a like a green or a black churro shirt, I might actually have it in stock. So um, just you know, message me on Etsy if you if you want it, and I can print it up and and drop it off in the post office. 
Uh, but mm. if you really want to support the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash ears up. And uh, for as little, you can donate as, as little amount of money as you want. But at the $5 level, you get the secret show, which is uh, what we're going to be recording live tonight, which just reminds me, um, I haven't told the Patreon people yet about that, nor have I created the, <laughs> the YouTube link. So uh, if anybody's listening right now uh, live and they're Patreon friends, uh, look out for that directly after the show. I'll put the link in Patreon. I apologize. That's Happens. my, uh, yeah, that's my, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Any uh, internet shopping you're doing, you can use our Amazon link, which is on our archive page. I think it's on our supporters page or whatever. Um, our new addition to the network, the uh, Banter, Besker, and Bantha Milk podcast, uh, they, they've released a new show, I think, two days ago. Um, I'm waiting for that information, and I'll be putting it on, this, on, the, on the website there, too. But those guys are rolling along pretty good. Uh, the Supreme Resort has a new one out uh, comparing, I think it's Space Mountains, right, Jeremy? It's a very timely conversation we're having. It's a big Space Mountain week. I listened back to it. I can't believe that we gave Disneyland, well, I don't want to say anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. But it is a big, this is a very big week for Space Mountain. For space in general, I think it's interesting that while Saturday we have a rescheduled launch of the first U.S. manned uh, rocket in nine years, I think. Mm-hmm. At the same time, this year was the this week was the anniversary. I think it was Tuesday of the opening of the Space Mountain in Disneyland. Wow! You have a Supreme Resort podcast about wow. Space Mountain, and you've got tonight's episode, the music of Space Mountain. I can't believe it the timing it's almost like we planned it i can't even but we didn't <laughs> it is almost like we planned it and that it's was like, your that was your official last supreme resort right yeah that was it wow uh, the, yeah all the coincidences yeah you're done yeah, it's a big week yeah i know man how do you feel about that i'm gonna miss the boys a little bit i think yeah i mean they told i told them they can have me on as a guest I but, think you uh, should. You definitely do need to come back on, uh, go back on as a guest. I do sort of want Bev to go on, also. Yes, I do too. <laughs> Bev, was like, why? why? Why specifically? I don't know. Just because you I think, think it'd be fun. I think Bev needs a little more exposure, even though she doesn't want any more exposure, <laughs> any more work to do at all. Um, I think Bev needs a little more exposure. She should go on as judge. I think she would break up that group nicely. I think so too. I agree with you. On that. <laughs> Bev's like. You guys are just giving me more work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you could go on and just be the judge. That way you don't have to do anything. You just sit there, listen, and pick who you like better. <laughs> That's right. That's all you got to do, Beth. I mean, you have to I am good at judging. <laughs> yes. We'll see. Good knowledge oh. alert. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I'm all right with it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I was hoping you guys would hate it. I think it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's and I have the a question yeah, that has up? nothing to do with anything that we're talking about, but do okay. I look blue to anybody else? A little bit. You all look blue I'm to me. Blue, dabu, dee, babu, yeah, babu. it's like watching the part of Willy Wonka. Turning <laughs> 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 violet, violet. <laughs> I, it's I, just I, the I lighting. Have a, I have my light set up. I don't know what's going on. Um, it's probably the reflection of the glare or the, the light from your uh, computer my screen. Shirt? No, from yeah, your screen. Yeah, if you turn your screen down. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Bev trying That's to be all diva-like for us now. Yeah. Oh, how is my lighting? I had to turn my thing off because it was too bright in my face. Yeah. Like, my eyes were hurting. We need to get Bev a little light. But I think you look fine, Bev. Don't worry about it. Whatever. Uh, what else you shouldn't worry about is the 21st Amendment because they are serving beer still to this day 
through all this kind of stuff. They've been shipping beer, but now if you're in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, you can go and order beer online and pick it up, which I did yesterday. And I have a story about that, probably for the secret show. Um, but they've been in the craft beer industry for 19 years from their initial brew pub on 2nd Street, which is just two blocks from Giants Stadium. I think that's uh, football or soccer or something like that. Um, in San Francisco to the production brewery and taproom across the bay in San Leandro. The 21st Amendment is now available in 29 states, including in and around the parks. Next time you're in San Francisco, visit the brew pub and shoot over neighboring San Leandro to check out the new production brewery and tap room for great beers and good food. And be sure to ask for the 21st Amendment wherever you find a good grab beer. Uh, if you were listening to the Corn Tiki Room the other night, we had Sean on, Sully, from the 21st Amendment, and he was hanging out. And it, was, it was a good time. I, I really like Sully. He's a very knowledgeable young man and uh, just a good, a good friend, a good, good guy to chat with. But uh, he makes a seltzer now, so they have... Uh, 21st Amendment has a, a, a another brand called Soma, which is only available in um, – I hope I'm not saying too much. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, only available <laughs> in Safeways. So if you have a Safeway, the Soma brand, uh, you know, that's – they're partnering with – whatever. Uh, whatever. Uh, who cares? Who cares the <laughs> connection? Anyways, uh, they make uh, seltzer. Make a hard seltzer, Bev. And we were talking hey, to Sully about it the other day. So Taryn and I tried one today. It was the Mango. And I've never had a hard seltzer before in my entire life, and it was actually pretty good. <laughs> I can see why people are uh, – why it's all the rage right now. Well, I'm just confused that there's alcohol in it. It doesn't taste like alcohol at all. It's very dangerous. It just tastes like – Is that like, what you're drinking right now? Yeah. It's warm. Okay. I was going to say, because we did this two hours ago. It's stopped. not at yeah, okay. its best. But yeah. I went to grab a beer out of the fridge, and I was like, oh, I, it's just sitting there. And like I just can't yeah. let it go to waste. Well, so. what I like about the their, their seltzer is it's not 7% or 6%. It's like 4.5 or 4.8 or something like that. So you can actually drink a lot of it. Right. Jeremy, have you had hard seltzer before? Well, it, how different is that from a wine cooler? There, it's a lot <laughs> less Jeremy. sweet. It's less sweet. And, yeah. and ma- many less calories. calories. Yeah. The answer oh, is no, well, I think. So. Okay. <laughs> what about Zima? Is it like a Zima? I uh, mean, I guess sort of, kind of, but not really at all. Okay, good. Because I don't really, I haven't drank one of those since 1997. Oh, my goodness. You're not the only one. I marked the date. <laughs> Perfect. This is my last Zima. I'm 17. Let's go. <laughs> Let's move on to the big boy stuff. <laughs> Um, okay, so there you go. Support the 21st Amendment, please, if you're out buying beer or if you're doing Instacart like Taryn and I are, and, and there's that option for 21st Amendment beer. Please buy them. They support the show. They're good people to make good beer, and uh, that's that on that. All right, Jeremy. Yes. The music of space. Okay, wait. So this is Spectro time. See, I always forget this. I always. Hit me with the music. Join us as we unravel the magic behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music. It's Spectro Time! It's like drawing a mustache on the Mona Lisa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. In spectro magic, project this on a model of the castle. That's like lighting the Mona Lisa on fire. <laughs> Witness the splendor of a man projecting things onto a spinning ball in a, an apartment in New Jersey. 
In a world of sight and sound of mind, a man wow. locked in his apartment for months in New Jersey for months is projecting. <laughs> what would you do if you had a ball and a projector? It's my Rod Stewart, not Rod Stewart. Oh my God, Rod Stewart, <laughs> not Rod Stewart. <laughs> Forever it's young. The second time you've done that. And I, and it's I, not my Rod Stewart. It's my Kristen Stewart. <laughs> now, who is that? Rod Surly. It's Kristen Stewart. Yeah, yeah Kristen that's Kristen my Stewart. This so, is my Kristen really, Stewart. It was really good. <laughs> Imagine a world where I'm a good actress. Yeah. <laughs> a world of sound. Anyway, go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry. Following the success of the Matterhorn attraction at Disneyland, which opened there in 1959, Walt Disney himself had an interest in now developing another roller coaster style attraction, this time themed to space. Because Walt wasn't convinced of this whole, you know, thrill ride thing in his park. But the Matterhorn was such a success and they themed it so well. He's like, we can do more. An initial concept for a space roller coaster called Spaceport containing four tracks that would even venture outside of the show building was ultimately shelved due to 1960s technological limitations. The unfortunate 1966 death of the leader of the company, Walt Disney, Limited spacing available in Disneyland's Tomorrowland and the company's increased focus on development of the Florida Project or what would become known as Walt Disney World meant that Space Mountain would have to sit on the, sh- on the shelf for a while. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you real fast because that's what I do, I guess. Uh, yeah, how, cool would, how cool would that be instead of the monorail? It was a roller coaster. <laughs> well, like you just... Get to the next resort that much faster. <laughs> yeah, like ten seconds. Because it <laughs> sort of it made me think. It was like it would be really neat to have a roller coaster that that you start in the show building and then you go out of the show building, kind of like scream mm. around like you're at Great America or whatever, you know. And then you go back in. But it would be even cooler if that was just the monorail. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Jason's thinks. <laughs> I mean, we have that Animal Kingdom uh, Expedition Everest. You're in and you're out of that oh, mountain. Oh, that's true. Oh, that is true. In October 1971, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom opened to the public and was very popular with older kids, teens, and young adults. It also had lots of space to play with, or as Walt put it, the blessing of size. It was time to dust off the plans for Disneyland Spaceport and bring them to Florida. At one point, the concept for the attraction in Florida featured the roller coaster housed in an expansive dome rather than the cone-shaped mountain we know today. In 1972, work began preparing Tomorrowland for the attraction that at that point was now called Space Trip. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah, so the naming department was a little lacking in Imagineering <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yeah. Spaceport's fine. Space Trip is like, huh. That's yeah, cool. Pass. Yeah. Thanks, Patty, for your suggestion. <laughs> However, we're out of Mr. Coffee. <laughs> the design that had been intended for Disneyland was modified. Four tracks would be reduced to two. This is thanks to advancements in computerized design and safety mechanisms that could now allow for more cars on a single track simultaneously. So you didn't need as many tracks to get the same capacity. The tracks would be brought completely inside the building with no external exposure. The cone-shaped building enlarged. The structure would incorporate a track for the Wedway People Mover, and the attraction now was named Space Mountain. Imagineer John Hench described the large mountain when he said, 
quote, in order to provide a structure with broad open spaces, we designed a mountain with sides made up of precast concrete beams manufactured adjacent to the site. The beams themselves weigh 75 tons each and their length is 114 feet. The beams provide a single span from a perimeter to a central support waffle slab. The slab consists of 700 yards of concrete supported by four main columns, which were poured in place. We used the biggest crane available, the Sky Horse, to set the roof beams in place. <laughs> Damn. All this provides, in effect, a huge circular screen. On its inner surface, we project a sky full of stars, galaxies, shooting stars, and other, quote, fireworks of the universe. Ultimately, the structure towers 183 feet over Disney World's Tomorrowland. RCA signed on to sponsor the attraction. Originally, the long queue that takes guests from the entrance at the front of the building underneath the roller coaster and up to its loading area in the rear of the building was the first queue designed to actually showcase products from the sponsor. The downward and upward curving queue also evokes futuristic circular circular rotating structures um, for space habitats that will rotate to create their own gravity. So if you've ever seen The Martian... Mm, yes. With Matt Damon. Yes. Very Spins. Good. It is a good movie. Spins. Spins. <laughs> I watched The Martian at the beginning of COVID because it's like he's alone oh. and trapped in that apartment. <laughs> or like that, not apartment, but like that habitat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, that's interesting. Yeah. No, sorry. I'll tell this story later. He should have brought his Cinderella Castle model up with him. He really should have. And projector. Would have been helpful. And a projector. <laughs> Space Mountain and Walt Disney World opened on January 15, 1975, with a 2,000-piece marching band and several astronauts on hand for the celebration, including Scott Carpenter, pilot of Mercury 7, Mercury 9, and Gemini 5 astronaut Gordon Cooper, and Jim Irwin, pilot of the lunar module of Apollo 15. The original theme of Space Mountain was, Here's to the Future and featured mentions of its sponsor, RCA. The full version of this track, with its vocals, could be heard as guests left the attraction. Here, they proceeded up a speed ramp past scenes displaying the home of the living, uh, excuse me, the home of future living, and all the RCA innovations the home would have. Video communications, large screen TVs, and even a ski simulator are surprisingly accurate portrayals of some of the technology we enjoy today. Take a listen to Here's to the Future, number one. It's so goofy. I guess if you say it enough times, people believe it. <laughs> RCA leads the future. I will always remember that now. Yeah. Well, if you think about it too, if you could you imagine an attraction today singing the sponsor's <laughs> name throughout it, people would be on Twitter going oh, yeah. berserk. Oh, absolutely. Oh, like, yeah. It's not what Walt wants. I know. Clearly, well, I guess he wasn't around for this either, but <laughs> <laughs> But he had he, no problem with sponsors. Yeah, he likes right. money. Yeah. But let's jump backwards for a second and talk about the entry cue music. 
upon entering the attraction, guests would hear an extended instrumental version of Here's to the Future. As guests ventured further into the space station, the lively Here's to the Future music gave way to the Space Mountain Com Chat and its eerie background sound effects. Number two. Yeah, I love this stuff, dude. That, like, 60s space noise. Yeah, it's fantastic. Space noise. <laughs> this is Space Venture. Radio is on. Roger. Don't be standby. Yeah, See, I love all that stuff. The end part was really cool. The beginning part was, I, I actually think it was the same song as Price is Right. <sighs> Like I was yeah. like, come on down. <laughs> well, it's all that same era. Yeah. That's yeah. sort of. Not really. Kinda. Well, it's still going, so. Yeah. <laughs> In 1984, Space Mountain received an update. Most notably, the post-show was renamed Dream of a New World and included the attraction's new theme song, We've Come So Far. Now guests could see vistas of the development of a future planet known as RYCA-1, as well as visuals from our own <laughs> space shuttle program. Uh, here's the theme. We've come so far. Number three. Dreams about tomorrow and the Very spacey. That was very good. Beautiful. Yeah, that's my new ringtone. Very spacey. Very, yeah. very space mountain. It just fit right in, mm. honestly. Well, we've come so far as lyrics were written by Larry Gertz, and the music was composed by George Wilkins. Uh, Disney fans will be familiar with George Wilkins' work as he also composed the music to Epcot Center's, Epcot Center's venerable attraction, Horizons, as well as It's Tough to Be a Bug, number four. <laughs> It really is, though, honestly. I mean, it sounds the same. Yeah. It's a one-trick pony. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that's the future. <laughs> We're calling it for 
We're pollinators? If it were for the fact that we like the taste, you'd be out there wallowing in shoulder high waist. Wow. Just what I want is a bug sing to me about how they eat poop. (laughs) I eat your duty, so thank me again. Although it's not my duty, I'll do it again. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Oh, I was going. You were you were you were on it. I was ready for that to keep going. Yeah. yeah. No, no one else. Um, new cue music was installed. Here's to the future was gone in favor of an entrance instrumental version of "We've Come So Far" that gradually morphed into the beloved Star Tunnel audio as guests mm-hmm. ventured further into the dark underground tunnels of the queue. If you listen closely. The Star Tunnel music is just an, uh, another out-of-this-world variation of We've Come So Far. Listen for the chords and see if you can hear We've Come So Far once it transitions to the Star Tunnel number five. Oh, sure. It's not there no. <laughs> Sure, I, I hear that. It's interesting because, like, space back then was full of wonder and mystery and, you know, it's a special journey and we're the center of the universe and whatever. And now it's like, space will literally destroy you. <laughs> it's scary and dark and cold and no one cares about you out there. Yeah. Don't go. That, that's not true. We're, Elon Musk is proving that wrong. <laughs> you sure. <laughs> yeah, him and his hair plugs. He's, he's blazing a trail. He sure is. That is true. Well, that music is still the cue music today, which it I is? love. What? Yeah. That exact? Not in Disneyland. No. Oh. Not, not oh. in any way that matters to us. Yeah. Okay, got we're, it. In we, the, we're in world. We didn't yeah. go on that. No, we didn't. We should have. Mm. We should have. Instead, we rode People Mover 12 times. But. <laughs> also a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> In 1994, Disney decided to ruin Tomorrowland. Uh, (laughs) We did go on it. Space Mountain? Yeah, we did. We did. Sorry, go ahead. I had to get that out. That's good. Uh, I'd hate to go to sleep with the wrong fact. (laughs) You know what, Jeremy? (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get. (laughs) The entire aesthetic was changed from a color palette of futuristic whites to a dumpster fire jumble of neon purple, metallics, and gear effects. By 1995, RCA was no longer the sponsor, and FedEx took over as the new sponsor of Space Mountain. 
The Dream of a New World show finale was replaced <laughs> with the FX1 teleport. Here, the post show explained that in the future, packages would be transported by beams of light. <laughs> Still waiting on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, I would like to make a complaint. My uh, package was intercepted by a prism, and I don't know where it is now. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, what else? I think scientists were shown Broke excavating him. dinosaur bones and beaming them to a lab staffed by a robot in the lab retriever. Number six. Got oh, it. wow. That's perfect. Like a Martin Denny, um, who did the Pink Panther? Uh, Leonard Cohen. I thought it was Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> yeah, it was very uh, Pink Panthery, Martin Denny kind of thing. I like it. It's cute. Yeah. It's, it's right. maybe even a little more spacey. It's a, it's like a weird space. Yeah, but it was yeah. also what? When was this? What year was this? That was introduced. What I say, ninety five. Oh, 90. Jeez. Okay. All right. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know why they picked that very yeah, weird loungy nonsense. Was right. loungy like a thing then? In- 95? No. I don't think so. I don't think so either. No one knew what was going on in 95. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. true. Yeah. Right, uh, good. So that was enough. In 2004, FedEx ended its sponsorship. All references to FedEx were removed from the FX1 post show. FX1 was changed to MK1. Get it? No. No. Magic Kingdom. Oh, oh, I thought it was like make right. one. I don't know. Make one. <laughs> 2009, Space Mountain closed for an extended refurb. The formerly open loading hall ceilings were enclosed, blocking the previous view of the coaster's track and enabling a new package of ceiling projections. Interactive games were added to the standby side of the queue. The attraction also received speakers throughout the track playing ambient music and sound effects known as stereophonic sound. <laughs> To give the illusion of onboard ride audio, though, when you're in the attraction with all the sound from the cars, it's actually really difficult to hear. But this is what they play, number seven. Elmo went to a rave. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Elmo had his first taste of DMT. <laughs> Elmo saw God. <laughs> <laughs> now Elmo's thirsty. <laughs> All right. 
That was, right. That was Let's weird, go man. back in time to the <laughs> 1970s and head across the continent to California. The 1970s success of Space Mountain at Walt Disney World meant one thing. Disney World would need its own version. But the size of Tomorrowland was still a limiting factor. Bill Watkins of Walt Disney Imagineering set about designing a new Space Mountain to fit into the smaller footprint of the West Coast version of Tomorrowland. The dual mirrored track was dropped in favor of a single track that could fit into the smaller show building they'd construct in Anaheim. The West Coast Space Mountain opened just two years after Florida's on May 27, 1977, with six of the original seven Mercury astronauts on hand for the celebration. In its early years, Disneyland's attraction didn't feature the theme song of its Florida cousin, but it did have a cue audio with galactic sound effects and communications chatter sprinkled throughout number eight. Command receiver checks are complete. Yeah. You can print out your initial conditions. That just makes me feel good. I don't know why. Disneyland is better at everything. V, flight safety. Go ahead. Verify number one. SPF, this is LV. Go, LV. Turn on your port recorder for spacecraft function. Roger. Recorders are on. So much better. So much better. So much better. (laughs) Do you know who did those voices? Uh, No, do you? No. It's my grandpa. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just curious. Hmm. I guess I'll have to do a bit more research next time. It would be interesting because, I mean, we've talked about it in the early years yeah. of the show where, where Taryn thinks her grandpa was uh, one of the original comms chatter voices on the original submarine ride at Disneyland. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember hearing that. It's not yeah. that I think that. It makes it sound like I'm just crazy, but no. I've been told that. <laughs> well, yeah, you, same like thing. you just woke yeah, up yeah, one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think? I had a dream. It sounds like my grandpa. Like yeah, my grandpa <laughs> had popsicles for legs. That's why he's not here. They melted. Um, no, but it's... Uh, so well, he'd still have those sticks. <laughs> true. But I wonder if... Uh, but everyone kept reading the jokes off him, and so he just had to take them Um <laughs> But I wonder if it's something like that where they just got maybe some people in the space program because Terrence's grandpa was a, a submarine guy. So they sort of knew the thing. I, so I don't know. I'd be very curious to like uh, – because I know they didn't necessarily keep records of that kind of stuff. Yeah, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, so there's no way for us to verify if Terrence's yeah. grandfather was just spinning a yarn as the older folks do. Well, FedEx took over the sponsorship of Anaheim Space Mountain in 1995 at the same time that they took over Florida's. In 1996, Disneyland's version of Space Mountain would no longer just be a smaller version of its Florida cousin. Composer Aaron Richard and show producer Eddie Soto created an onboard soundtrack for the attraction. Disney World didn't get its soundtrack until 2010. They created a composition that combined eerie horror film music that would build during the lift hill and then take off with an interpretation of surf music. Number nine.
I love that stuff, man. Dick Dale's a legend. So you know who he is. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to go. Well, I didn't try. He came around twice in the last couple of years, and I really wanted to see him. And then the, the day came. I was like, I'm not going to. I don't. I, it, it's an hour away. And then he died like last year or something like that. I was like, oh, there you oh, go. Did he? Yeah. I think it's, he's dead. Well, we didn't say it, but so that that's Dick Dale. Imaginary yeah. hired Dick Dale to guitar that. He's right? the I mean, so you, sure. If you're going to hire somebody to do surf music, it's, it's Dick Dale or it's going to suck. It's, Dick Dale, GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's such an odd choice for for space music, but it yeah. works really, really well. Because I mean, I mean, if you think about it, what is space music, right? It's sort of ethereal, right now. At least what yeah. we think about now, it's there's really nothing happening. But if you want to convey kinetic sort of energy and motion, right, and, and you're blasting through space, surf music is pretty exciting. And I'm yeah. sure all these guys were, you know, SoCal. That's true. Dudes, right, who grew yeah. up in the surf scene and like, okay, well, then maybe that's it. You know? Yeah. Well, if you don't know who Dick Dale is, fans of Pulp Fiction will recognize his guitaring from this track, number 10. His guitaring? Very summery. I like that kind of music. It reminds me of space, so I don't know. <laughs> that does too. <laughs> sure. Now, for those of you with classical music chops, you might be thinking that this 1996 version of Space Mountain sounds familiar. Well, that's because Aaron Richard and Eddie Sato based that version on French composer Camille Saint-Saëns' famous aquarium portion of Carnival of the Animals, number 11. That sounds very familiar. Sounds like it's the song from The Corpse Bride. Yeah, or some. Mm. I, w- I was I was definitely thinking uh, Danny like Elfman. Danny Elfman. Yeah, for sure, because it's the the kind of sort of lower sounds with the higher chimes and that kind of uh, and that like juxtaposition, I guess, of the two. I don't know. Hmm. Does it sound like the Space Mountain track that we heard? Did you connect it? No. Bam 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 bam. I heard it a little. It's there. It's the yeah. same chord progression. I'm sure it is. All right. <laughs> so disappointed. I'm yeah. sure it is. I'm I don't not, think I said well, the name of the composer right. Yeah, I was going to ask you to say it again because you said it so good, but you did say yeah. it very fast. It's in French, so it's just it always going to sound made up anyways. Yeah. I, I like the way you said it. Yeah. Bernard Sasson de Croix. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. Did you and, say anything? And, no. <laughs> I just made stuff up. That's how French was invented. People were just making stuff up. Yeah. 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 In 1998, as Disney was trying to deal with the Tomorrowland problem of constantly having to stay futuristic, Disneyland basically took a bronze spray can to all of Tomorrowland, including Space Mountain. In an attempt to translate the Jules Verne retro Tomorrowland look of Disneyland Paris's Discoverland that took a look at the futurist scene from the past. An article in the Los Angeles Daily News commented at the time, quote, 
Disneyland has abandoned the idea of predicting the future in favor of bringing to life the dreamlike visions of Leonardo da Vinci and Jules Verne. So the stark, sleek look is gone and replaced by golds, browns, and cobblestone walkways. <laughs> Perfectly futuristic. Just the worst ever. I I didn't know that that happened, and I saw these pictures, and I was like, my God, who was thinking? Horrible. Like, yeah. It's literally somebody must have been colorblind. Like, all of them. Everybody. Uh, Scott, well, I want to check this Pantone color. Uh, it's fine. I, I checked it. It's all right. <laughs> Horrible. Thankfully, the grungy look of retro Tomorrowland didn't stick, and by 2003, Tomorrowland at Disneyland and its Space Mountain had returned to the clean hues of white, gray, and blue. In 2005, Disneyland Space Mountain would receive another musical update. The Dick Dick Dale soundtrack was gone in favor of an original piece by composer Michael Giacchino. Again, I hope I'm saying that right. That is synchronized to the coaster's track, number 12. Michael Giacchino. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do like it with the theremin going on in the background. I think it's a theremin. Is that a theremin? Or is just someone saying, ooh? <laughs> that's a theremin. <laughs> yeah, that's not a woo. I like that. I like that too. That makes me so happy. I know, right? Is that what it is now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. When it's not hyperspace. Ah. <laughs> uh, now, Michael Giacchino will be no stranger to Disney fans. He's also responsible for the following. Tell me if you can name these three tracks. Get your buzzers ready. Just <laughs> Number 13. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was uh, typing to Thomas. He says he has a 10-hour Spotify Disney Parks playlist with that song on it. I was like, damn. Wow. Wait, I'm sorry. What are we supposed to be doing? I literally checked out. Tell tell you what this is, where it's from. It's me after I come out of the stall in the bathroom in Tomorrowland. Is it something in Disneyland? (laughs) Ma'am, I will have that last churro after all.
don't know. It's very heroic. Okay, so they're all movies. Uh, okay. The oh. first one is called Fiesta Con De La Cruz from the movie Coco. Oh, I haven't seen I it. Haven't seen it. Oh, oh, oh Jeremy it's surprised. Wait, the Jeremy surprised we haven't seen, seen something. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean you should see it. It's really good. You'll cry. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, actually, I threw this in there in case you aren't that familiar with Disney movies. This is not a Disney movie. It's the new... Um, the new Star Treks that have been out for those last few years. Oh. Okay. And the last one is called Pin Ultimate Experience from Disney's movie Tomorrowland. Oh, uh, we only watched half that. Yeah. Okay. I watched the whole thing. I liked it. I'm like the only person in the world. Yeah, you are. Wow. Yeah, I had you to turn are. that wow. off. It I'm sure Brad Bird loved it too, but garbage. you and Brad. <laughs> Though Space Mountain didn't receive any onboard audio until 1996 in California and 2010 in Florida, the idea of having Space Mountain sync to music dates back as far as 1985. Hmm. A few years ago, while cleaning his house, former Imagineer Tom Morris discovered notes from 1985 about how he was planning to introduce a soundtrack to Space Mountain. He had created a list of mid-80s contemporary pop and rock and roll tracks to play on the attraction. He had detailed notes about the music and the timings he had attempted to sync them to the different lift hills and drops throughout the ride. Included in this mix of audio were such songs as Sextown USA by The Sparks, <laughs> Party Out of Bounds by the B-52s, Our House by Madness, Turning Japanese by The Vapors, and We've Got the Beat by The Go-Go's, along with several others from that decade number 14. Wow. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Uh-oh. That's not the one. That's not the audio. That's number 15, higher ground. I said number 14. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Look, man, I'm busy over here, okay? <laughs> Imagine riding Space Mountain with your... Like eight year old to that. <laughs> so That's, that's what I'm, a terrible, terrible. 
Disagree. I'm with all of them except the last one. Stop it. They all no, work. They love- all work. Oh, I loved all of them. I would love to ride to that. Yeah, me too. Well, you know what? Then put on headphones, and, <laughs> and when it starts, there you go. And you can ride to our house, which is literally about the past. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, Tom Morris spent the better part of a year learning how to mix and match songs to the ride's milestone points. Ultimately, Disney leadership didn't have confidence in the ability of the technology to pull off Morris's vision. But years later, he would take the lessons he learned to Disneyland Paris's rock and roller coaster using the music of Aerosmith to achieve a similar effect. And you can put any Aerosmith song on a roller coaster, and I will love it. <laughs> You're so funny. God. But that was I a really good ride. I loved it. Living in the city. Oh, the, the ride was dope. Do you like the song Pink? I love that song. Oh, I love Pink. Mm. I had the single, the single CD. <laughs> the of single pink. CD. Of pink. Cool. <laughs> it's not a waste of resources at all. I like, love it in elevator. <laughs> love it in elevator. <laughs> in, in 2006, Space Mountain received a temporary transformation to Rocket Mountain and then Rockin' Space Mountain. As part of the Year of a Million Dreams promotion and grad night in 2006, Space Mountain would feature a new driving rock and roll soundtrack. Disney announced that Rockin' Space Mountain would feature the 1989 Red Hot Chili Pepper song, Higher Ground, accompanied by a new interior package of enhanced visual projections and multicolored strobe lights along the track accompanying the music. You already heard it. Number 15? I don't know. Is it worth playing again? Yeah, let's hear it again. Later. Uh, I'll play it for a little bit. Okay. I mean, as far as cover songs go, it's a good cover, but... Yeah, it's a cover of... Yeah, I didn't um, know that either. Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, the you didn't know that, Jeremy? Really good. No, really? Yeah, this is the Stevie Wonder joint. Hmm. For a music guy, you know. Could you imagine writing to this song like this? Kinda. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there you go. In fall of 2009, Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy. <laughs> it was always terrible. The projection was always weird and fuzzy, and it never really was cool. I never experienced it. Mm. Yeah, neither did I, even though I wrote it. And I was like, oh, what is that blob <laughs> up there? Is that supposed to scare me? I'm glad I put on my diaper. The spooky Halloween overlay of Space Mountain had originated at Hong Kong Disneyland two years prior and was considered a success there. The attraction featured many lighting changes, ghostly projections that seemed to swipe and chase the rocket trains around the mountain and a scary soundtrack. Number 16. You know what? The uh, the ultimate ride, I think, for Disneyland, for especially Disneyland fans, is to revert everything back to its original. And then at the end, as part of the ride, you get to tell Disney how to make it better, and then the ride is over. And then that way, we're all we're fulfilled in in our 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 search for the the peak you know uh, experience where we know more than Disney, and then we also get to experience the old rides. And that's what I think 
would be a good science fair entry for Alice. <laughs> Perfect. Whatever, yeah. it's fine. It's something. Yeah, it, it, it's hard though because the, it's such an iconic ride, and even though the music has changed, as, as you've talked about already, the, the music is still sort of impactful. But that seemed sort of like generic movie music. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I'm sure they got it from some third party. You know, <laughs> right? You know, they didn't pay rights to that. They got it off some website. Yeah. <laughs> SpectroRadio.us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in 2015, Hyperspace Mountain, a Star Wars-themed overlay, came to Space Mountain. <laughs> I can't get enough, like, no matter where I turn. The overlay featured projections depicting a mission toward the planet Jakku from The Force Awakens. <laughs> The music featured various selections of composer John Williams' soundtrack to the Star Wars films. Take a listen, number 17. Jack who? I like it. We're just listen to the Star Wars theme song like nobody's heard it a thousand I times. <laughs> I actually didn't mind Hyperspace Mountain. I thought it was kind of fun. It kind of really you felt like you're in the movie and you were really going into hyperspace. It's kind of cool. But sort of what Jeremy says is, is what I thought too. It's like I, I cool. I have no choice but to get bombarded with Star Wars everywhere I go. Yeah. Space Mountain was kind of a cool way to just get away from it all as much as i love star wars i love space mountain also it's it's its own thing and to change it so many times and have overlays i I think sort of devalues what it is for everybody who really enjoys it that being said i love how bright it was yeah Yeah. that's true bright you could see the tracks see the tracks they had a lot of effects and stuff right yeah too many i don't know well also kind of like to taryn's point though you just Road Star Tours 15 minutes ago. Right. So it's like, I already, you did go, were a part of the movie and what, you know, like now uh, you're just doing it on a rickety old track. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. It's, it's, a, it's valid. It's valid. Um, but the on ride soundtrack isn't the only place you can hear music at Disneyland Space Mountain. Its queue area has an interesting selection of tracks orchestrated in what could hardly be described as futuristic. <laughs> tracks, however, do come from futuristic attractions. Pieces like Miracles from Molecules and Great Big Beautiful of Tom- hmm. excuse me, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow from the Carousel of Progress can be heard number eighteen. Oh. oh God! You and your numbers—they're in order. 
It's Jeremy's fault. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The whole thing is out of order. You're out of order. This makes much more sense. You know, honestly, I they should do. I, I that does make sense to me in in some weird way of like a celebratory throwback kind of thing to the days of yore. That would be a cool overlay in Space Mountain. If you're going to overlay something, maybe bring back some old tracks or you know some nods to previous Tomorrowland you know things while you're in the queue, and make it a little more lighthearted rather than a very serious jaunt into space. Hmm. Interesting. Talk. Your armchair imagineering right before our very eyes. That's what yeah. I do. Look, I'm pretty much magic. So, you know, actually, I've, I've done this before. This is the third time. Uh, yeah. Now let's jet across the Atlantic Ocean to Disneyland Paris. Hey, all right. Here there is no Tomorrowland, but there is a Space Mountain, a beautiful copper and green colored cathedral to attraction design dominates this park's area known as Discovery Land. Discovery was Discovery Land was implemented at Disneyland Paris to simultaneously address two issues. First, Disney has always struggled with what is commonly known as the Tomorrowland problem. The notion that it's difficult and costly to keep Tomorrowland from falling behind and looking outdated as real life technology advances. Here, Discoveryland gives us a vision of the future as it was seen from the past. This fantastical view of tomorrow is heavily influenced by the works of European visionaries such as French native Jules Verne, English-born H.G. Wells, and the Italian Leonardo da Vinci. This tribute uh, meant that Disneyland, excuse me, this tribute meant that Discoveryland didn't have to always portray a realistic vision of the future while at the same time provided a unique nod to these distinctly European visionaries. Discovery Mountain, as it was conceptually known when it was started, so it wasn't, they weren't going to call it Space Mountain at first, was meant to stand apart from its American cousins. Its intricately designed conical exterior is an impressive work of steampunk-influenced art on its own, and it was originally intended to hold more than just the coaster. Some concepts included an improved version of the ride Horizons from Epcot, as well as a freefall attraction based on Journey to the Center of the Earth. The ride itself was a revolution compared to other space mountains. It features a catapult launch rather than the comparatively old lift hill, as well as three inversions providing thrills more akin to Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster or California Screamin' rather than the aging tracks found in Space Mountain in California and Florida. It was a last-minute marketing change that led to the ride being renamed Space Mountain just prior to opening. To be sure, Discovery Mountain logos can still be found all over Disneyland Paris' Space Mountain even today. The ride opened in 1995 as Space Mountain de la Terre a la Luna, or From the Earth to the Moon, a nod to the novel by Jules Verne of the same name. The attraction took its storyline from the 19th century novel that envisioned using the awesome firepower and weaponry from the American Civil War for a new purpose, catapulting humans into space using Jules Verne's, Jules Verne's Columbiad gun. 
The side of Space Mountain features its own replica Columbiad that catapults guests into the darkness of space, accompanied by an original soundtrack by Emmy Award-winning composer Steve Bramson. It was finished and recorded by an orchestra in Hollywood just 10 days before the attraction opened. (laughs) Wow. Number 19. Wow. What if we shot everyone into space with a big gun? (laughs) Perfect. I've heard this I mean, in context, that makes total sense. If you didn't tell me that this was sort of set in a steampunk era, I would be like, this is not Space Mountain-y at all. But right. That's not bad. That's not bad. I agree. Wow. Well, that's great. Yeah. In 2005, Disneyland Paris' Space Mountain received a major refurbishment. The inside of the mountain received all new special effects. Sadly, the name was changed to Space Mountain Mission 2, and the original story was mostly abandoned. Space Mountain Mission 2 would now travel beyond the moon to the far reaches of the universe. The Victorian setting of the attraction was altered, though could still be felt, as that was the whole aesthetic of Discoveryland. The attraction also received a brand new soundtrack, again by our friend Michael Giacchino. Number 483B, please. <laughs> Number 20. Yeah, I, I push play it. would make really good music for um, a hula hoop competition <laughs> well because i i found myself like moving just in that that exact way and i was like if i had a hula hoop i think i could go for a while maybe that's a good idea for the next quarantine room yeah maybe that's maybe that is maybe maybe, <clears throat> maybe no. it's not that's shaking her head i don't think she likes that idea <laughs> I don't support this plan. You know, for kids. (laughs) And in the continuing homogenization happening across all the parks around the globe that is basically jettisoning any originality in favor of plastering them with Star Wars, Disneyland Paris' Space Mountain, as of 2017, has also become Hyperspace Mountain. (laughs) We just can't get enough. Of course it has. Mm -hmm. Why go to another country? It's all the same. 
So I guess it's up yours, Jules Verne. <laughs> Your stories that have withstood the test of nearly two centuries clearly aren't good enough for a family of theme parks where you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a stormtrooper. It seems this company, <laughs> built on storytelling and imagination, has only one story left to tell us now, and it's one someone else imagined. And that Ooh. is the music. Oh, oh. <laughs> That was the saltiest ending we have ever had <laughs> on a Jeremy music segment. <laughs> yeah, good job, good. Jeremy. Oh, I got to play. No you joke, out, though. Disneyland Paris, the Space Mountain, is so amazing. Bar, like it, it blows everything else out of the water. Even when you first, when you just look at it, you're like, "What? That's really? It's it's so beyond." Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Now I want to Google it, but I'm going to pay attention to the show instead. That'd be cool. <laughs> Good job, Jeremy. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> Thank I didn't you. know if I could talk over the music or not. Sure, man. You just fade out music. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I also appreciate that you did the show for us. That was very nice of you. Uh, all right, we're going to do a smidgen of Disney news. There's not a whole lot, obviously, but there's some big news that has happened. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to leave uh, Patreon people listening live, I think, barring any re- repetition from the errors of today earlier. Uh, you should have the link in Patreon. So hopefully it works. Yeah, I don't know, man. Hmm. All right. We're going to do a little bit of Disney news. Disney news. Real Disney news. <laughs> How's that beer? A little bit of Disney news. It's fine. I actually don't even drink beer. I just dump it on my feet. <laughs> oh, God. How do I forget every time? I could tell you, but then I would have to make fun of you. And I don't want to make fun of you. I was looking forward to it. I remember, and I was like, yes. <laughs> my Johnny Depp sort of sounds like my Bill Cosby. <laughs> Imagine that combination. Of, and now it's Ronald Reagan. Now it's Ronald Reagan. You need to stop. You need to stop. (laughs) Right now. Right now. Right now. Stop. I don't remember Ronald Reagan. I don't remember. Ronald Reagan doesn't remember Ronald Reagan. (laughs) Wow, rude. Well, he's dead, so come on. Um, Here we go. Big news of the day. Big, big news. Disney World sets its reopening date. Mm-hmm. Which is fun for everybody. Um, Disney World. W- Stupid. Come on. All the ads. Let's load all the ads, please. <laughs> Disney World reopened its gates, ending a multi month closure of the park that left the Walt Disney Company reeling. Oh, Shut boy. Up. Who cares about your Safe Flight story, bro? No one cares. No one cares about you, <laughs> Safe Flight, or anything you're hauling your stupid truck that's weirdly clean driving through it. Anyway, uh, the Disney theme park, which employs some 70,000 people, plans to begin a phased reopening on July 11th for its Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom parks and July 15th for Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Um. <laughs> The Disney is uh, implementing several measures to reopen safely and prevent the spread of the coronavirus at its parks. And these are the things they're going to be doing. Employees and guests will be required to wear face coverings and undergo temperature screenings before entering the park. Please, if you're on social media and you feel like you need to voice your opinion, nobody cares. (laughs) Don't go on the Disney site and don't say, I'm not going to go until you release me. Give me my freedoms. Last time I checked, it was just in a free... No, No one cares. No, it's not going to change anybody's opinion on anything. Just stop. 
Um, <laughs> Disney will reduce capacity at the parks and resorts and will temporarily suspend parades, fireworks, and other events that create crowds. But you'll still have oh, to... You st- would love it. Yeah, I would. But you still have to stand in line. So, you know, there's that. Uh, the resort will also enable cashless transactions by expanding contactless payments. Disney will also increase the number of available hand sanitizing stations. So that's very, uh, very exciting. Jeremy, are you, are you going to be in line for that or what? You know, uh, I don't think so. Mm. Um, I, th- I, I originally made a lot of proclamations, <laughs> grand proclamations <laughs> true, that I rarely true. stand by. That I would be the first one to go back. But um, yesterday or the day before, earlier this week anyway, Disney Springs. So the Disney Springs stores have slowly been re- reopening. And one day this week, World of Disney finally reopened. Oh, And it a was one. a six-hour wait. What? To go shopping. For a To go store? shopping. To go buy stuff. God, people are crazy. But wow. you know, also, I mean, I, I, I sort of get it. I don't know. It's, it's I, weird. That's I can't it. do that. The no. oh, but then so that was my thing. I'm like, uh, I gotta let them suss this out. Let's let it shake out a little bit, whatever, whatever. But to get in the park, you have to have a reservation. So it's not like it can get that way, you know. Like you just go oh. and. So now I'm kind of like my friend's parents actually like told me today they're like, uh, we've already got our reservations and we're driving down. And I was like, what? Does it mean that you can't stay all day? Like wait, your reservation, is it a shorter day so that other people can go like later in the day? Like, is it like, like when they open Star Wars land? Like, is it, is that what they mean? Because who wants to pay for a whole day when you're not there a whole day? I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know that. I mean, I suppose it won't matter if you're an annual pass holder. Um, maybe we can do a little digging on how this will work and bring it to you in years uh, in depth. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I would love but that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so, it's also, it seems yeah. weird. Yeah, I never go to the park for the whole day anyway, though. I go in for like two two hours. But you want to at least think that you're paying for the whole day. (laughs) Right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's true. So um, what Eric has uh, sent me, and I mentioned it in the beginning of the show, uh, it's basically a letter that was sent to all Disney travel planners, um, which I'm not going to read. It's like five paragraphs. But in short, uh, Walt Disney World is canceling all dining and fast pass reservations through 2020. But you will be able to get in early to rebook whenever they open that up again. So apparently part of this is that there's no fast passes, there's no restaurant uh, reservations and stuff like that. So they've sort of dialed that back a little bit, Hmm. which is interesting. Yes, very. Um, Let's see. I was going to uh, read about uh, the Shanghai opening, but I think it's just not really, I don't know. People are just happy about it. That's about it. (laughs) And in other news, people are happy. Over to you. Sad Sad boy. I hate that. And and what's his name already said that they have to wear masks. Was that part of this announcement too? Or Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, employees and guests will have to wear. Um, so then here's another one that's, um, it's one of these fan sites that just kind of re rewrites news, which I wish I could do, but, uh, we don't, um, it says California says Disneyland can reopen in stage three, possibly within weeks. No, that's not what. B- it, it's not yeah, that's not what they. Wow, Bev. Whoa. Whoa. Sorry. Muted. <laughs> um. So. 
fair. I don't know. That was pretty good. <laughs> I forgot what show I was on. So. That was impressive. <laughs> uh, state officials said that Disneyland Resort and other theme parks in California can reopen in stage three of Governor Gavin Newsom's reopening plan. This means Disneyland and Disney California Adventure could reopen in a matter of weeks. Th- th- no, it's going to be impossible in a matter of weeks. If if you consider months, weeks, sure. I mean, that's fine. If you say eight weeks, then you're not wrong. It's one of those. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things. But basically, um, here, I'm sort of like scanning this because it's they link it to another thing that's literally not the thing. God bless it. I screwed up. I closed the thing, guys. Uh, There's a lot of things happening, and a lot of those things. It's also one of those sites that hyperlinks to what looks like a relevant story, but then you click on it, it has literally nothing to do with whatever story you just came from. You're like, well... Wh- I hate that. I always feel duped. Well, it is, yeah, yeah. because it's it's just... clickbait. Yeah. For sure. It's not even that. It's like fake. It's just they're just directing you to another page, so you're, their Google ads pop up, which is very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't <clears throat> yeah. uh, LA County's shelter in place through like july or in, it's gonna last until july 1st i'm not entirely uh sure yeah i did i do remember hearing something like that that's i mean obviously that's not orange county but they're next door to one another so yeah so they say uh, here's the 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 quote from gavin newsom he says phase three is not a year away it's not six months away it's not even three months away it may not even be more than one month away we just want to make sure we have a protocol in place to secure customer safely, uh, safety, employee safety, and allow the businesses to thrive in a way that is sustainable. Keep in mind that Disney has not announced a reopen date for Disneyland Resort, but the headline is, it could be within weeks. No, it, it, anyway. So uh, basically, imagine all of the, the wheels that have to be set back in motion for Disneyland to open up. Right. You have to bring everybody back. Right. You have to send the maintenance crews out. You have to run the rides. You have to go back through training. There's going to be brand new training for this whole thing. You have to, you know, uh, put, maybe put the stickers on the ground, install this hand sanitizer things, uh, really work with security, work with staff, work with janitorial. It's not going to be weeks. Oh, yeah. It's going to be another month. Well, there's a more. whole there's a whole new training unless they're doing that a now somehow remotely. Tra- I would doubt it because they don't even have an opening date. So I think if they have to train these people, you have to hire them back. You have to pay them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> and you have to pay them more than they're making on unemployment. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's going to be you know I, I I don't know I I I can't imagine this is within weeks. Stop. Stop it. When do you think it will be? A wise one. Years. It's not going to be your... No, it's going to be... I I don't see Disneyland opening before Disney World. I don't see that happening. I think that's too... Because if you think about it, Disney World is taking over a month to prepare to open, right? They say July 11th. It's not even through June yet. Disneyland hasn't even announced a date. So imagine just they're going to... I would guess they're going to take about that same amount of time. So I would say end of July. Disney World is a whole other animal. I mean, you've got a bus, a fleet of bus transportation, boat transportation, monorails, highways in the sky. Ho- <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, hotels as far as the eye can see. Yeah. Tomorrowlands, you can't spit across. It's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremy, you can't spit across Tomorrowland if you have a mask on. Okay? That's true. And that's really the key to this whole thing. Hmm. I mean, he he does bring up a good point. Thanks. 
Um, oh, not me, but Jeremy. But I do think California is, and I could be wrong on this. Uh, this is not necessarily facts, but I think California is a lot smarter than Florida. Well, no, that is oh. a fact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, I think that California yes. is yeah. taking this a lot more seriously than of course, Florida. Of, well, of course, yes. And so 100%. I, I kind of feel like our government, our our government, our, our state government, isn't going to even let it open, even if I don't know. I mean, I guess he said that he would, but he said they would if 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 they could show it. But I I just don't see the amount of people that have to come back to run the park uh, at the the new stage three, whatever that means. I don't see that they could get together within weeks. There's no way. I don't see that. Yeah. But I'm not. I don't see a lot of stuff that happens over there. So what do I know? Be interesting to uh, get get an imagineer friend on and be like, what do you think? What do you think? Come yeah, on. I thought about it too. Um. Okay, well, I think that's it. Jeremy, is that it for you? That's it. All right, Bev? (laughs) You're done. Anything else you want to add? No. All right. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. Jeremy, thank you for your hard work. It was very much appreciated. You got it. No, you got it. (laughs) And something that you have. Uh, Thank you to Concierge. I appreciate you guys. Concierge.com. Go plan your Disney vacation whenever it opens. Uh, with concierge that would be great and then uh, don't forget to ask of course for the 21st amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer like dca if it ever opens up i don't know we'll see (laughs) in the year's platform yeah uh anyway thanks a lot everybody if you're listening live go check that patreon uh, page we'll be over there for the secret show in about 25 minutes after taryn and i go eat dinner all right thanks a lot everybody and uh until next time we'll see you uh in line waiting to get into the store for six hours